uh, a lot of times were just those little tiny things that happened in the day that allowed us to have that connection together and make sure that we knew each other, we loved each other, despite the busyness and the craziness of the moment. Hey y'all, thanks so much for listening in today to the Confident Mompreneur podcast, the podcast by real women for real women, where we talk about real life difficulties and triumphs as women, moms, business owners, and more. Thanks so much for being a part of our Confident Tribe. Let's get into it. All right, good afternoon, everybody, or good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome back to the Confident Mompreneur podcast. Back on today for her episode, we have my mom. Say hi, mom. Mom. Hi, everybody. We are so happy to have her back. Uh, Last time she was interviewing me, and now it's my turn to interview her. So, mom, do you want to start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself? what you do, our family, all of the good things. (laughs) Well, I am a wife of 30 years um, to an adorable man that I love to death. (laughs) As making gross faces. (laughs) (laughs) We we have enjoyed a lot of love throughout the years. uh, and I am a mom of three children, Kiri being our oldest, um, and then our middle child is a boy, Kai, and our youngest is a boy, Colton, and they're all adults. Colton is the youngest at 24, and um, we have three adorable grandbabies. Grandma is totally my favorite title. The best job I never knew I really wanted. Um, and I just love being grandma to my grandbabies. So we have one with Kiri and two with our middle son, a girl and two boys again. Um, as far as career goes, uh, I have been in working in the nonprofit world uh, since about 2004. And um really have done a lot of things in that world from program management, but a high focus um, that I've had in my career is grant writing. And that's currently what I'm doing. I work for an organization called Casking for Recovery. Uh, We put on um, breast cancer retreats uh, that bring women out into nature to fly fish along with provides some medical education and psychosocial support uh, throughout the weekend while the women are at the retreat. And I am the grants manager for that organization and have been actually with the organization for seven years now. So um, super exciting. I, I do love what I do. So, And she is good at it. If you ask me why I started my nonprofit and why I got into that world, it's definitely from watching her do it over the years. And she definitely had a lot of influence over me there. And I saw how uh, impactful it was when I was growing up. So 
it was very cool to be able to see her do that. So, um, mom, I mean, you've been working my entire life, like as far as I remember, both you and dad, and you guys both had pretty high need careers at different points in time. How did you guys like manage all of that when you had young kids and as your kids were getting older? Well, um, we started out for a little while with me being at home when you guys were baby babies. Um, and you know, that's a really hard stage. <laughs> so we, we started out with me being at home and I was really blessed to be able to do that and give us a solid foundation. But I just, um, actually had a, uh, open door that, that I was able to walk through. And I, I can't say how blessed I was for that. Um, initially that, uh, beginning, all of you were in early elementary school at that point in time. And um, at the beginning, I was only doing 20 hours a week uh, with that position. And so I felt like it was a good way for me to enter back into the, the workforce. We, we were managing financially, but um, A, I'm, I'm very high functioning and all of my life. And so uh, I love the challenge that my career has brought to me um, of being able to grow, um, even though I find opportunities to grow in, in pretty much every sector of my life. This was just an opportunity for me to grow. Um, and, uh, and financially, it did help. Uh, my your dad, my my husband, is a law enforcement officer or was just retired um, from 23 years of working in law enforcement. And so uh, with his job in law enforcement, we had a lot of weird schedules. Um, we had, um, he worked shift work as, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and that meant that sometimes he worked the graveyard shift, sometimes he worked the afternoon shift, and sometimes he worked the morning shift. And so, um, and so we had to work around that. He had odd days off. Um, I was not the perfect attendance mom. I can tell you that it did not fit with our family's lifestyle and family time was very important to us. So with my working 20 hours a week, it was very flexible. So I could flex out my schedule um, to work around when um, dad was working and you kids were at school. Um, or if I needed to work in the middle of the night, sometimes I did that as well, because eventually that position opened up to full time. And I did uh, work partly from home part part time in an office. Um, and so we really made it a priority that when dad had some downtime or had some time off, didn't matter if it was in the middle of the week. Uh, we would keep the kids out of school. Um, obviously, we were mindful of too many absences, but if there was something that we felt was important for our family to do, we did it. And it, it was no big deal to pull the kids out of school for, 
for the day um, to go have a family activity, whether it was snow machining, whether it was going and riding four wheelers, um, things like that. And so uh, that that helped a lot. It helped that I was flexible in my work schedule. And really, um, I, I would say in today's world, especially post COVID, um, a lot more people are enjoying some of that ability that I was really on the front edge of. Um, and so um, I just really kind of counted it as a major blessing that the opportunity that came to me was that opportunity that I could really be flexible and still have a high priority on our family. Yeah. It was definitely nice growing up because, you know, I got to see you work and develop in your career, but you were also home a lot and, you know, we were doing a lot of stuff as a family all of the time, you know. Um, I know one of the big things was like when dad was starting to become a law enforcement officer, there was like a lot where you were doing it all on your own while, you know, he was going through that. But I feel like um, you and dad always did a good job of like picking up the slack for each other when you needed it throughout the years. Yeah, I, I think, I think having a really good spouse helps even, even when things were hard and things were hard financially at multiple points in time in our life. Um, and things were hard, like, like you said, he, in order to go into the career, um, the first time he had to be at the academy for about four months, um, and he would try to come home on the weekends most of the time when he could. Uh, but it was really me, myself, and I. Um, and you guys were very tiny at that point in time. Um, and very close uh, together in age. <laughs> and very close together in age. There was, here he was three and a half when our youngest came. So we had three kids in three and a half years. And so uh, they were very little and our youngest was almost one when when dad started at the academy. So uh, you guys were just teeny tiny little things. And and I was going to school at the time. I um, couldn't really have a career because paying for three kids in daycare, it wasn't going to happen. So uh, we elected that I would do as much schooling as possible during that period of time. And so, yeah, it was a, it was highly stressful. Um, and then he had to go back again when you guys were older um, for about six weeks to the academy. Um, and, and so just times that we had to manage that times that we had to manage weird schedules. Um, but I, it was okay because we both were committed to what's best for our family. And some of that meant growth in our careers. Um, and some of that meant uh, that we did without some of the really fancy things in life um, and really focused on where we put our finances. Um, and some of that meant that there was a, a sacrifice of time 
Um, and so we just tried to manage that and, and dad would pick up the slack where needed. Um, sometimes it, the meals were terrible for you guys <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And if there was a lot of phone calls to mom, when I had conferences and you guys had all your schedules and I had to write out lists, uh, because dad wasn't as used to managing the home life as I was, um, but you guys survived. All of you did, even dad. And uh, and no one was worse for the wear. And it didn't always happen exactly as mom did it. But that was okay. That was part of my learning experience too. So Except for the one time I ended up with a concussion while you were gone. You did. You did. And that was a little uh, scary from far away. That was one of my first times I was gone from you guys for a significant period of time for a training and uh, um, it was a little scary when you called me and reset things a few times and and were screaming to figure out where mom was at that moment so but dad had it handled thank heavens he's really good at medical stuff too right that is true we mostly survived <laughs> yeah mostly survived yeah so you and dad are going on 30 years of marriage this year which is amazing and for those who know my parents they're disgustingly in love um and those who don't you should know that um it it's great to see as your child but also um you know not something I want to see all the time <laughs> but it's good to know like you guys after all of this time still do really love each other and respect each other um and you guys got married pretty young. So what has it been like growing up together and going through all of life's changes? Because, you know, the person you were 30 years ago is not the same person that you are now. How did you guys get through each of those changes? And I mean, a big one that you guys have been through recently is like, A, all of your kids leaving the house and becoming empty nesters, and then dad going into retirement too. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. It is interesting being at this stage of life and reflecting back on things. And uh, we we were married. I um, was 18, almost 19. And in the state of Wyoming at that point in time, you were not an adult until you were 19. So I literally had my had to have my parents sign the certificate saying that I could get married at 18. Um, and he was a year older than I was. So he was 19, almost 20. And, um, you know, I think there are hard things about being young, but there are easier things about being young. First of all, you're not so set in your own way of doing things um, that you, it's hard to figure out common ground. Um, even though we both had our own personalities and we still had to figure that out for sure. Um, there, as Carrie 
said, you know, I often say we raised each other to a certain degree because we did. We didn't, weren't strong opinioned necessarily about everything in the world or our way of doing things at that point in time. And we still had growing up to do. So I think we raised each other and that helped us a lot. We also were both oldest children, highly independent. Um, so there were good and bad things about that as as with all things it's a double-edged sword um as Carrie knows because she's oldest and highly independent um but it was not a situation where we were going to run home to mom and dad to figure out our problems if we didn't figure it out and and I tell the kids that we we have always been high in passion and it was high passionately hate fight like you know just completely all out and then high passionate love making like it, it was really that way um makeup sex is the best by the way oh. um <laughs> tmi tmi but you know that was where we were at and that that was our first year year and a half of marriage and and we didn't have things like phones and social media and stuff to distract us so we had well you have to know we lived in a tent at first and then we lived in a tiny we lived in a tent for about a month and while we were trying to clean up this trailer house that had been sitting out on on some land uh, that his grandparents had for like 40 years. And so it, we had a bullet hole in our fridge through the window. There was mice crap everywhere. So we were working on cleaning that trailer out to live in it and getting it ready to live in while we lived in the tent. So we lived there for a few months and then finally moved into a apartment with our college housing. And even still in the biggest of the three, uh, a few hundred square foot gets really close together when you're mad at each other. And you know, you're, you're silent on both ends of the room. And, um, and so you just tr figured it out because it, it became very lonely very quickly. Um, and we had to pay for phone calls to our family. So, and we couldn't afford that. So, you know, this is, Free your life, you guys' kind of lifestyle, but a, a long distance call was was um, a, a pretty penny. And so uh, you just had to figure it out. That's what you had to do. And, and so all of the little stupid things that married couples fight over in that phase um, had to be solved. And that's what we figured out in that stage of life is how to solve things. Not that we weren't going to fight um, ever, um, but that we could solve it and we could figure it out. Um, but boy, like you figure out one stage and then you go into the next stage. And, you know, and we became parents two years after we were married. And I feel like I remember like the moment I was thinking, wow, we are really symbiotic before we got kids, you know? And it was like, we just 
thought a lot alike. We weren't fighting like we were, you know, and, and it had kind of mellowed out, you know, by that point in time. And, uh, and then you get kids and babies and babies are stressful and you were stressful because you had colic for nine months. So we had to figure that out. But one thing that we always kept at the forefront was, and this was even evidenced by some of our hard and fast rules, which seem silly to some people, and even to me seem a, a little silly that, that it was so hard and fast. But I remember my siblings sleeping in my parents' bed until they were like eight years old. And we were like, no, we ex fully expect to have a sex life well into parenthood. Like, and so this is not going to happen. So I fell asleep in a recliner with a baby crying because we refused to have a baby in our bed. It was just one of our hard and fast rules. And, um, and that was for us. That was for us to maintain that connection of uh, what a husband and wife need. Um, and so um, that was just kind of one of those things that we've just kept us in the forefront. And so we tried to do things like that, um, that, that helped to keep us in the forefront. We had external hobbies, external things that defined us that weren't necessarily, and trust me, my definition of being mom and grandma and wife is, is my favorite definition, but it's not the only thing that de defines me. You know, like I said, I'm pretty high functioning and my husband, your dad is pretty high functioning as well. And so um, we had hobbies, we had other things that kept us um, together and moving forward. And we just made those hobbies fit our family life. You know, we didn't do the other way around. And so uh, we were kind of trailblazers. It's like um, right now um, we see kids still do snow machining and stuff, but they're always older. And we had a week old baby up on a mountain doing snow machining. And that was three kids in. That was the youngest kid that was a week old, his first snow machining trip. Kiri was on a motorcycle within a month of her first, you know, of being born. Um, and so we we really just like, we're going to continue to live life. How does having a family fit into living life? And so we just, that's how we worked and that's how we made it work. And I think that helped us as well as a couple maintain that kind of stuff. We weren't completely lost just being parents. Which I feel like happens to a lot of people is you get lost in that parenthood and forget to do the things that you enjoy and also forget to put each other first. And that's something that you and I have talked about. And I feel like, um, especially when you guys like, had all of the kids leave the house and became empty nesters and stuff it was really important that you guys had always put each other first instead of the kids first so which a lot of I feel like empty nesters really struggle with if they've been putting their kids first their whole life and then it's like okay what do I do now when all of a sudden they're not there and they don't know how to communicate with the other person that's still with them <laughs> and it's easy to do because you think 
Um, and I've even had this discussion with my kids that um, you think it's your responsibility to make sure that your kids are happy at all times. And I felt that onus on me as well. Um, but, it, but it really isn't. Your responsibility is to raise good humans. That's what your responsibility is. And, you know, different people have different methods of getting to that point. Um, but really, that's your ultimate responsibility, not to make sure they're happy in every everything that they do, every stage of life, da, 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 da. And so, um, and one of the things that we felt was making our kids good humans was that they saw a loving, committed parent relationship, mom and dad relationship, and that we did put each other first and that we that we were committed to make sure that our marriage was strong and stable because that's what kids need. They need stability. They need to know that their parents are 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 stable. And and so that means making sure you're healthy as a human being. Um, and so prioritizing some of your own needs, which I, I don't think I understood that as much um, myself because I'm, again, a high functioning mom, although I like that role. I, you know, so for me, I'm, I'm healthy in that role for the most part, I would say, but some people are not healthy in that role. And, um, but we really wanted them to see what does a loving relationship look like? Because both dad and I came from divorce situations. Um, and so both of us had seen the other side and had some effects that came from those relationships that were a little dysfunctional. Um, and so we set out to do different, do better, be better, and really be healthy for our children and have them see that, have them see what loving, committed com couples do. And sometimes that is grope each other, you know? <laughs> and that's really what that boils down to, to know that your parents are healthy sexually, um, they're healthy emotionally, they're healthy physically, um, and we're able to function on a high level so that you guys can feel safe and secure and stable in your environment. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I'm glad you brought up your guys's like families before, because you said kind of dysfunctional, lots of dysfunctional <laughs> on both sides of you guys. So how did you like when you were coming into the relationship was divorce ever an option for you guys because you had seen that on both sides or did you just say no that's not even an option and we're we're gonna do this and we're gonna make it work type thing it wasn't an option and we knew that we both felt that way we both felt committed to that and it is funny um we have a mom saying at my house i may not always like you 
but I will always love you. And that describes a family to a key, not just dad and I, but how we felt about you guys at times, how you felt about us at times, how you felt about each other at times. And um, that's part of being in a family. Like, you are not, it's not always going to be harmonious and roses. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of ugly that happens inside families, you know, and uh, because you can be completely 100% ugly to the people that you love the most and love you the most, because you do hopefully feel safe and secure to be that way. Um, and so, uh, and we really lived by that motto. And it there were moments, days, sometimes a week, you know, where we really had that, I do not like you right now, but I am actively choosing each day to be here. That the that the good outweighs the bad. Um but that's when those nice little flowery love feelings are not there. Like, and you have to have more than that. And dad and I were not smart in choosing each other. We were just plain dumb lucky, especially me. I will tell you, I was engaged to somebody that was not a good human being at the time that dad and I met. And so I was, it was not because I was smart. It was sure plain dumb luck that I happened across the man that would be my forever partner. Um, but uh, so so we we happened upon each other. But the things that have held us together over the years are would be, I would say common direction in life where are you going or where do you want to go and and we didn't know exactly where we wanted to go when we married dad was not a law enforcement officer like that was that was not in the plans at all um so i'm not saying specifics but dad and i are lifelong learner personalities both of us are. And so whether it's formal education, uh, which it was at the beginning um, more, and still sometimes there's bits here and there that's formal education, or whether it's just a growth mindset. We are those people that always have a growth mindset. And there are people in this world that do not have a growth mindset. And I'm not saying that you know that's bad I'm not making a judgment call on that but when you have people in a relationship that one's in a growth mindset and one is not that can be very difficult and yours and my discussion just talked about this um where that that can be very difficult to navigate when you have partners that are in two different places and they don't really want to be going the same places and so dad and I were that growth mindset I think part of that comes from oldest children 
because we came from some dysfunctional family situations, we were also highly responsible oldest children because we were responsible a lot of times in our life for the well-being of siblings and family and things like that. And so um, we came, we both had a growth mindset. Um, we both had a, put a high value on work ethic. But um, then we also had a high value on playing as well. And so, um, and, and we just had a val high value on having a moral compass. We both have a moral compass that drives pretty much almost all of our decision-making. And so we have things that we're not alike in. He's a spender. I'm a saver. He's a, his love language is a, a little bit different than some of my love language. Um, and so we do have things that we are not alike on. But there are really some core deep-rooted things that we are alike on. And in the days when it's hard, <laughs> in the days when you're like, man, I do not like you. Like that love feeling is not there. Um, these are the things that keep us moving forward. We even have those days now, 30 years later, like those days of, okay, we're just really battling each other and fighting each other, but why are we here? You know, we're unhappy about this situation, but there's way more good than there's bad. And those good, that good is what keeps us going day after day. Well, and you guys are really good about calling each other out on your crap when you have those bad days. Like I, I know right before dad retired, uh, he was still working in law enforcement and trying to start in this new job that he was in. And there was a lot of stressful things going on and stuff, um, which of course then got projected onto you. And you were really good about calling him out and being like, this is not about me. This is about what's going on with yourself. And we need to figure out a way to fix it <laughs> together. Yep. 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 It, it's definitely, I have a little bit of fight in me. People don't realize that because I come across a little bit meek at times, but um, there's definitely some fight there and I've learned how to, how to fight and sometimes learning when to fight. Sometimes it's not, you know, like sometimes the problem is so minute that it's like, okay, this is not worth a fight over. Um, but each couple has to figure those things out. And again, it's not perfect every day. Sometimes that thing that we decided not to fight about two weeks ago keeps cropping up over the last two weeks and we need to fight about it. And so um, really seeing fighting as a mechanism for communication is okay. Like 30 years, we still fight, we still argue. Um, it, it is not perfect. We don't, you know, we are not, I know people who are personalities that are soft-spoken and we're not the soft-spoken personalities. So it comes out in a fight. Um, but sometimes we do have to really get those things out and that's the way to flush it out and not being scared to flush out some of these things because they do need to be addressed. Some, some things don't. 
but some things do and really trying to figure that out. I do think that's important that you said though, that like you feel comfortable enough to be able to like get in those fights and each of you have a different opinion because there are some relationships where one person gets overran by the other person and that's not healthy either. Right. Right. Agreed. And, um, you know, in certain circumstances, it's good to have a balance between strong personalities and not so strong personalities because two very, very strong personalities uh, can also be fireworks and two very meek personalities can be really indecisive and not. And so there is a balancing act, but when you are the meeker personality, really learning to find your voice is very important. And I had to learn that, you know, cause dad is a stronger personality than I am. Mm -hmm. And especially coming out of high school, I was very meek at that point in time. And so, but I do feel like having safety and security in the relationship and he built me up in so many ways that I could find my voice, you know? So, you felt and we've respected been, and cared for enough that you felt yeah. safe. Enough. Yeah, when you feel safe, it is okay to find your voice. When you do not feel safe, then that is, that is something that's a lot harder to find. Um, and so really, uh, you know, and each of our children have, have got that dynamic of stronger and meeker personalities in their relationships. And so I'm always in like for the meeker person, like you have a right to beat them. Like, not literally, but like, you have a right to state your opinion here. Like, it's okay, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because, and it doesn't matter whether they're my child or not. Um, I tend to be that person because I've been the meeker person and had to find my voice. And I, it, I do think it's a good, it needs to happen for balance sake for um, the meeker person to also find their voice mm -hmm. yeah I think so so I guess my last question for you is for those that are in relationships and you know especially if there are you know kids involved or you know both are working or whatever how what what tips would you give them to prioritize their marriage and make sure that it's long and successful like yours? Boy, that's so hard because everybody's situation is so different. Um, I, I will say it again a million times. I was, we have been blessed for me to find a career, especially in a time when it was really unheard of to work from home for me to be able to work from home. And, um, and that one point has really been able to frame that in a way that I don't think I ever anticipated. Um, because I had the flexibility to work in the middle of the night or whatever, um, 
it, it just gave us something that not all couples get the benefit of. And, and that's, that's unfortunate to me because when we can prioritize our families, society actually benefits. Um, and I appreciate that employers now are considering that more than they have in the past. Um, does that mean that every woman or couple has that opportunity? No. But you got to find those small moments and you got to determine what's important and what's not. Um, you know, like I said, finances were always tight. And so we had to find some creative ways to sometimes achieve some of our play goals or we we really took money and didn't spend on things that maybe other people would um because our money was focused on the things that were important to us uh we are not very compete with the joneses kind of people so what was important to us was important to us and otherwise you know uh, we did shopping you know, off of clearance. I mean, you remember the bins, you know, we did things like that um, so that we could, because we always knew that our family was the priority. And so um, we made career decisions based on that. We were blessed to be able to do that. And I know not everybody can do that, but um, we really just figured out how to prioritize our time and our money so that the things that we believed were important as a family, those core family values, that core time together was was exactly that. Um, I even remember a year we had been trying to do some of the um, having you kids try different sports activities, things like that. Um, and you were found your love pretty quick on in life, which was gymnastics. When, when my little T-baller out there was out in the field doing cartwheels instead of playing T-ball, we knew T-ball wasn't her gig and gymnastics probably was, but the boys had a little bit harder time kind of figuring out what their loves were, but we wanted the kids to be in activities and active and things like that. And I remember the year that we had been managing a few different schedules and the boys had been playing baseball every year up until that year. And our oldest son had just got to the point where it was competitive and he sat on the bench the whole time. So we sat in the bleachers on the bench, watching him sit on the bench. And it was like, you know, if you don't love it, then we're just doing something to do something. And that is not my prioritize because in those situations, we were not together as a family. You know, we were just spread out doing different things. And um, really remember that revelation of that, that year, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses of all the activities that kids can do and be in and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I'm really going, this is not where I want to be. If you love something, I will support you 100%, but we're not just doing it to just take time doing it. 
we don't have time that I am willing to give up just for that. Um, and so because we had our own family dynamic activities, work things, animals, you know, things like that. And so it was like, we are prior prioritizing and eventually those two boys found things that they did love that we supported and went for, but we were no longer just gonna be do activities to do activities. And that was a very active, thoughtful decision on our part. And so really just making some of those decisions, are we just doing this to just do this for the looks or for the, you know, for the notoriety or for the whatever it is. Um, are we are we buying these things for the looks, the notoriety? And really taking your pride, I talk about that out of a lot of those things and going, what is best? And for me, family time was so important that I was not willing to give that up for just anything. It had to be the right things that I was willing to give that up for. Yeah, which I think was really important, but also you made time specifically for you and dad to just do things too, to build your relationship. I remember like you guys would go out on your own trips. You know, there were cruises that you went on by yourself and those types of things. So you guys were constantly prioritizing family, but also your relationship too. Agreed. Agreed. And just prioritizing our relationship at least a little bit most days, you know. Uh, and sometimes sex was that one connection that we got that day, you know. And so, um, and really, uh, dad is the driver of that you know he, he is he is very much a he would have sex two three times a day every day if he could um get away with that uh too um too much information I know but I do think that frames this because we still had that emotional physical connection pretty much almost every single day. And I know it's so easy to get into the, I'm too tired, like, I mean, we're all that way, you know? And, you know, but that connection, I think has been really integral, even in moments that we were so stinking busy, and didn't hardly get to see each other at all, even if we were, were half asleep, that connection, that physical connection, that emotional connection was super important. Mm -hmm. And then taking the time to talk to each other. And he is very physical. You know, there most times he'll walk in the house and he'll swap me on the butt, you know. And so it's just those little moments um, because not everything was completely drop everything and just focus on each other moment. We we didn't have time or finances sometimes to do that. Although when we did, we or when we could, we did. Um, but uh, a lot of times were just those little tiny things that happened in the day 
that allowed us to have that connection together and make sure that we knew each other, we loved each other, despite the busyness and the craziness of the moment. Yeah, I think that was great. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Little bit of problem. Don't love talking about myself. If you love this episode, please let us know by submitting a review or sharing with the women in your life. We'll see you next time.